Hey, host. How are you doing? Hey, Kevin. I'm feeling a little bubble tea-esque. Ooh. Well, on your way to go get bubble tea, have you heard that we're on a new listener platform? What? We're on a new platform? Yeah, it's called Newsly. It's an audio app for both iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics in the web at any given moment, and it reads it to you in a natural human voice. Natural? Wow. So not the creepy uh, robotic monsters we normally get? Correct. So for the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable in a, in a not creepy robot voice. That's incredible and really accessible. It might mean that I could find some articles on Bubble Tea and give it a listen. Absolutely. You can browse any articles from topics you choose and start playing immediately. You could do like sports, science, Bitcoin, Kardashians, or Bubble Tea. And you can follow any topic as specific as you like. Incredible. And we're on this platform? Yeah, they have podcasts as well, exploring trending podcasts from over 50 countries, and Nightmare Lane is one of them. Wow, 50 countries? That's almost a third of the world's population. Did you know there's 159 countries in the world? I did not. I feel like I should have known that, actually. Maybe it's something we could discover on Newsly. Probably. And if you download and use Newsly now... For free, you can download it on www.newsly.me, M-E, or use the link in the description. And if you use promo code PODCASTLANE, you get one month of free premium subscription. We have a promo? We do. Isn't that cool? Incredible. So if I download this now and I use Podcast Lane, I get a whole month free? Yes. It is incredible. That's really cool. So download Newsly and listen to Nightmare Lane on your way to go get some bubble tea. Incredible. 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 Okay, I'm done. Incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. Hello, and welcome back to Nightmare Lane Podcast. Yay! Today, we are finally going to finish up our three-parter of Bear in the Creepy Scary Basement. Woot woot! I know. I'm really excited. Last week, we ended kind of on a cliffhanger. Kind of. Like, I feel like our character is no longer really interested. He's going to university, but I'm really interested, and I want to see if they catch this guy. I feel like this is a really long episode of Criminal Minds. Ooh, yeah. I like being compared to Criminal Minds. That's Do cool. you? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's accurate at all, but still cool. A creepy guy in a basement who's killing kids or doing weird stuff. Totally criminal minds. Oh, yeah. Uh, Now would be an excellent time for us to point out that um, 
trigger warning this is dark and not awesome so i mean we're always awesome but if this is not the episode for you and you don't want to listen to really weird horrible stuff happening to kids uh skip over it and check in for the next one. Oh man yeah i don't want you to be left with a sense of incompleteness okay email us if you don't want to listen to the episode and we'll we'll wrap it up for you in a tight little non-triggering bow that's a really great idea at the end of this episode we can just if you just skip to the very ending wait for the mystery like our our sound effect um wait for the sound yeah and then after that i will uh we'll just tell you the ending okay cool that's fun. I like that idea. Yeah. And um, that way you're not left in suspense, but trigger warning is there. Okay. And apparently also, email is for the dead. No, email is not for the dead, but it's just like, why make you wait or go to extra work when you're probably driving right now listening to this podcast? Okay. That's a valid point. Okay, or going yeah. for a walk or doing at the gym, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts, like no reason to have to make you email us. So I sit in a dark room <clears throat> by myself. Do you wear a creepy bear costume? No. Just checking. That would, that sounds, I would get attacked by my dogs. <laughs> you probably would. Yeah. They'd be like fluffy. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick. Also, I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that next week we're going to have a special guest on our episode. So if so you, exciting. so please tune in specifically for that episode. Cause we're super excited. Very excited. I'm always excited. Mm-hmm. Trying to think if there's anything news wise I should share. Um, update. May 8th, 2010. Last month, I finally got my G2 license. In Ontario, Canada, this allows you to drive in a car by yourself, as well as with some passengers after six months. I, of course, took advantage of this and drove into Caledon for a little Sunday drive. Since I haven't updated this blog in a while, I figured I might as well visit the house where the infamous channel of my childhood was located. The house looked different than when I last saw it in October. The place was no longer used as a daycare and just sat there abandoned. However, it did have a for sale sign showing that someone still owned it, wanting to get rid of it though. The abandoned house drew fuzzy memories from my mind, mainly of that day my dad took me to visit Mr. Bear. A feeling of dread came upon me. What happened to the children while they were living in that house? I walked up the steps to the front door and peered through the window. Inside, I could see a nearly empty hallway with a few boxes at the end. At the end of the hallway to the right was an open doorway, presumably leading to the kitchen. To the left were two doors, both apparently leading to the rooms visible through the window outside. I wondered where the cellar entrance was located and whether it had been sealed up. I walked around to the back of the house and found my answer. Two wooden doors, lying at an almost flat angle, were padlocked shut. This had to lead to the cellar. Not wanting to hang around, you cannot imagine what was going through my mind at that time. I departed. Behind the house, the empty field continued on until it reached a dense forest that lined the horizon. I wondered if that was the forest where the bodies of the children were found. I thought to myself, ugh, fuck it, and 
proceeded to walk across the field behind the house into the forest. The forest was oddly quiet, save for the few periodic sounds of a woodpecker drilling into a distant tree. I cautiously made my way deeper into the woods, not really caring about the fact that I had no idea where I was going. I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like there was something I had to find. I came to a thinner part and few small houses in the distance. Polo's house crossed my mind, and I wondered if one of those these homes had belonged to him. I neared a small clearing in which I could see three adequately sized logs gathered around a black, charred area showing a small fire had been lit there recently. Hey, get out of our fort! Those words nearly gave me a heart attack. I turned to my left and saw two dark-clothed people running towards me. My initial thought was to run. However, as they came closer, I saw they were really just kids in their early teens, possibly 13 or 14, maybe even 12. As they approached me, they realized my size as well. I'm 6'1", while they could have been no bigger than 5'8". We said, get the fuck out. The larger one, who was wearing a slipknot shirt, said half-heartedly. I stood my ground and shrugged. The shorter one, who was wearing a Metallica shirt, swung at a butterfly knife, swung out a butterfly knife, and held it in my direction. No, you wouldn't want to, I said in a deep, serious tone, trying to sound as badass as possible. I pulled out my cell phone. The two kids withdrew, the one with the Metallica shirt putting away the knife. Look, dude, we don't like people in our fort, so can you just go? The one in the slipknot shirt said, obviously intimidated. I had no business in the forest anyway, so I uttered out a simple fine and turned before I realized I had a great opportunity. Did either of you hear of a guy who murdered a bunch of kids in these woods about 13 years ago? I asked the kids. The two looked at each other in confusion before the one wearing the Metallica shirt answered. Yeah, everyone knows about that guy, he said to me as if I were stupid. The kid in the slipknot shirt continued. He still lives around here in the storm drain. My big brother's friend says he saw him in a bear costume once wandering around the forest at night. My instincts told me this was probably a lie, and the owner of Caledon Local 21 is probably long gone, only existing as folklore in the smaller, isolated community. However, as a human, the thought of the mysterious, unknown speaker sparked interest within. And where is the storm drain? I asked just out of curiosity. I don't actually believe the kid's story. The kid in the Metallica shirt stared at me for a few minutes, his eyes seemingly full of annoyance, yet curiosity for me. You're not from around here, are you? Why did you come here? Now, I do admit I was slightly startled by the nature of his question. However, I figured I might as well explain why I was there, just in case people mistook my intentions. I told the two kids about my experience with the man in Caledon Local 21, and that I had to come to maybe seek out some sort of closure. Although, even I wasn't exactly sure. I feel like it's getting a little, like, it's definitely been creepy. That's not the, but it is a little, um, I don't know. The kids seemed familiar with the channel as they smiled and looked at each other when I mentioned it. They also became more understanding and gave me a detailed description on how to get to the storm drain. Shortly after, I decided to just turn around the way I came and head back to the house, leaving the kids at their fort. But now you're probably wondering why I left out such detail about what the kids told me. It is because I'm choosing to conclude what I have gathered now. Here's what the kids told me in detail. The storm drain lies ahead of the kids' fort, the same direction I was heading. 
the drain ends at a small river where access water is drained out. Near here is a small playground. The kids told me people rarely use it. The man supposedly lives in the large pipe that rainwater drains out of. People have seen him, although always either wearing a bear mask or the mask in a full-body bear costume. Note, I do not believe this is true, and in fact simply a myth made by the residents of Caledon. The story does not seem plausible in any way. Why did no one call the police? Didn't this guy look suspicious? And other questions like these leave the story invalid. I may visit the storm drain, not because I believe the story, but because I want an excuse to visit Caledon again. So this blog doesn't die with no more tapes to watch. I don't know what to talk about anymore. Thanks for continuing to support me and my blog. I know many are looking forward to more information about what happened in Caledon during the year 1999, and I will do my best to continue my research into the topic. Elliot out. It kind of reminds me of like he's turning into this vigilante, like Veronica Mars style. Yeah. It where... just makes me feel like he's super obsessed. Yeah, definitely. But he's like making it his purpose and stuff and it's really interesting because i felt like the foundation was a little weak for it to carry through over a decade later you know yeah agreed like because at the beginning he was really just toying with it and now he seems obsessed yeah and he kept saying it wasn't a big deal and that it was funny and like all this stuff and he I don't feel like there was like an adequate trauma. Maybe there was and he's just not being honest about it because this is a blog. Yeah, this is true because he's not telling us. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Update. October 7th, 2010. Wow. Nearly five months since I last updated. I'm guessing everyone pretty much thinks I was dead, right? Thankfully, I'm not. But in all my seriousness, I really have been busy these past few months, and a blog about something that could have killed me as a kid is a little low on my current priorities list. As of now, I'm living in Waterloo, Ontario, attending the University of Waterloo for computer engineering. Yeah, I'm a keener. As you can imagine, engineering is no walk in the park, so obviously I nearly forgot about this blog. But as you can see now, I'm back. I remembered to visit the storm drain the kids from Caledon Forest told me about. It was out in a clearing between the wooded areas, nearby a marsh. Unfortunately, I found absolutely nothing, save for a turtle that retreated into its built-in home when it saw me. I snapped some pics of the pipe, which I have posted as well. Also, let me tell you, it was not a storm drain like they said it was. What I saw was a simple pipe, possibly to channel the excess water from the marsh. When I returned from Caledon, however... I simply kept putting off uploading everything until I forgot all about my blog. It just didn't seem important anymore. It wasn't until only recently that I am now interested in my case again. On September 10th, I received an email from this email address, returntheeb at hotmail.com. Funny, am I right? Well, it gets better. I'm going to copy and paste the exact email this guy sent me. Dear Elliot, my dear, dear boy. You see, the story may or may not be true, but it could happen. There are many slots for airtime. If you have money, you can have a public access TV channel. Some public access channels share airtime like EWTN, religious channel based out of Michigan. That shows Catholic-based programming, but during off-air hours, have independent shows or just blue screen. 
cable networks have empty channels available for rent space, so the scenario of a pedo renting a channel on basic TV is not far-fetched at all. However, public access TV is widely reviewed and can be terminated at any time. These are the rules for the United States, not for Canada, where the story took place. So if this happened in the U.S., the pedo would be tracked and arrested immediately. Yes, the story could happen, but it's unlikely. 100 fuzzy hugs, Mr. Bear. Now, obviously, this letter is fake and sounds almost corrupted, but still, I would what like... What the fudge? Right. That's just creepy. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, see, I feel like the story is proving our point because he was, like, uninterested and dipped out. And then he's like, oh, but I got interested again, so now he's back into it. So for me, it's more like he's, like, he has a toothache and he's playing with it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, like, well, this, he was absolutely prodded. Yes. I mean, somebody, like, straight up poked him. Yeah. Now, obviously, this letter is fake and sounds almost corrupted, but still, I would like to thank whoever sent it. Though they could use some English lessons, just reading this letter creeped me out. But because of it, I am now full of this new interest to continue my blog. I guess it's just funny trying to pursue the mysteries I've always questioned. Now, my roommate knows about all of this. He thought the letter was real and actually seemed more scared than I was for a second. But then I shrugged it off. So he did too. I mean, what are the chances of this being real? How could Mr. Bear know about all of this public access TV and about what I went to Caledon on those occasions? More or less, know my email or me still be interested in his seller. Ha. Okay, but Mr. Bear would be the one that would know about the public access because he's the one that did it. Yes, he is. So that's kind of stupid to think that he doesn't know how to get away with something that he literally got away with for like two years. Yeah, That's short-sighted. And he knows your email because everybody else has been able to access it and email you. Yeah, because it's on the blog. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to send a reply to return the B. Oh, I guess it's return the B. Um, yeah, okay. I'm going return to return the re- bear. Yeah, but it's just B. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm going to send a reply to return the B. Wow. Just looking at the email address, you can tell someone wanted to freak me out. It didn't really work, though. Although, to whomever you are, thank you for sparking my interest back into the full matter. Maybe I can find out more about what happened to Mr. Bear, hopefully. Because although I I don't buy that email, a part of me still feels anxious. Thank you for all of those who are still following me and have become avid fans. You are also why I'm choosing to continue this. Thanks, guys. Update. November 7th, 2010. Wow. I cannot believe this blog hasn't been deleted yet. I haven't posted anything for so long. I have my reasons and I'd rather not discuss them just yet. It's been a rather traumatic year for me. Some of you were right. I shouldn't have gone back trying to relive the mysteries of my childhood, but I couldn't resist. It's been over a year since my last post and a lot has happened. Let's recap where I'm at right now with regards to the whole Mr. Bear incident. 
Return the bee at hotmail.com is no longer in use. I tried replying to the email, but I got no reply. I tried again a while back, still no response. I've actually moved up to Ottawa, capital of Canada, for those who don't know, for university, so I haven't been back to Caledon or back home in the Peel region for a while. I had my reasons for leaving, as you could guess why. I've had to make a new email account because people keep prank mail. E- yeah. People keep prank mailing me pretending to be Mr. Bear. Thanks a lot, guys. Not. Why have I ventured back to the blog? Mitchell Wilson, remember my dad's ex-cop friend, gave me a phone call on October 23rd about a tape that was found in a branch of the Brampton Public Library. Brampton is my hometown, in case you haven't picked up on that. He claims he isn't allowed to discuss the contents of the tape with me as it's still in evidence, but he asked me to come check it out when I return home. The tape got the gears grinding again because we all know what was on the last tapes I saw. I can only imagine what can be on it. I'm guessing it must have something to do with Caledon Local 21. I guess I just wanted to say I'm continuing this blog and thank you for everyone who still follows it. I don't know when my next entry will be, but when I see that tape, I'll write what I find. I don't know what to expect, but the idea of seeing another tape has gotten me interested in this whole mystery all over again. Elliot. Update. January 21, 2011. Update. January 21st, 2011. It has been a long year for me. University has been driving me the usual sleepless nights, especially since I transferred to Ottawa, which is the place to party. Sarcasm. But now I'm back home with my dad in Brampton, the town I grew up in. I got home on the 18th of December and have been visiting with friends and family. Or at least that's what I would rather have done. Now that festive holiday cheer that I usually have at this time of the month is absent. To answer the hundreds of emails and comments I got, yes, I did see the tapes that my dad's friend, Mitchell Wilson, promised to show me. These tapes, however, act as a curse. I want to know more, yet I want to forget everything. I couldn't help it. I needed to see those tapes. Not only for myself, but for all of you guys who are just as intrigued as I am by that ominous man in a bear suit from my past. However, after viewing those tapes... I met Wilson at the front desk, where he then led me up to the second floor and into a small office. He instructed me to have a seat and wait while he went and got the tapes. Before leaving the office, he turned to me and said, I know you're curious, but are you sure you want to do this? Of course I did, or at least I thought so. Besides, Wilson's friend had pulled a lot of strings to get me in there, and I didn't want to waste the opportunity. This particular station had two tapes on hand. I was only able to watch a few minutes of footage, however, because the second tape was apparently too damaged to be played on a VCR. Mr. Bear's Cellar, Episode 30. Mr. Bear never ceases to disturb me, especially after what almost happened when I was younger. This episode took place outside in a forest at dusk, making it slightly hard to see, especially considering the quality of the film. A trademark of anything from Caledon Local 21. The episode started with the camera being held in the paws of Mr. Bear aiming it at himself. That bear mask, it looked more sinister in the shadows of the trees. The unmistakable muffled voice spoke up. Hello, children. Today I will be doing a wonderful thing for my friends. I will be delivering them to a faraway land where they will all surely be happy. Mr. Bear turned the camera around to show an ATV with an attached trailer. 
But what stood out the most was that the trailer contained seven motionless children lying side by side. This here is the first load, but more will be on their way soon. Mr. Bear turned around and pointed the camera at a large burlap tarp spread on the ground. He picked the tarp up, revealing a large hole that must have been at least 12 feet deep and maybe about 15 feet wide. The rest of the episode consisted of Mr. Bear taking each kid and dropping them into the hole. I asked Wilson if they were dead, to which he shook his head and replied, Not yet. Soon, all the kids were in the pit. Some were in awkward positions due to being tossed in, but they remained unconscious. The vitamin C... The vitamin C will surely help these children on the great journey that awaits them, Mr. Bear mentioned as he panned the camera towards multiple bottles of gasoline beside a bush. The camera zoomed into the bottles as Mr. Bear hummed before the episode ended. Wilson revealed to me that these were seven of the 16 victims found burnt to a crisp. The gasoline is what the man playing Mr. Bear used to light them on fire. A pit full of burning children. Who the fuck would do that? That feeling of dread found me once again when I realized that I could have been one of those kids. Wilson then explained to me that he had previously lied. The other tape confiscated by the Bramley Police Branch did indeed work and contained the filming of the actual burning. However, he felt that I wouldn't be able to handle the disturbing and graphic nature of the episode. And you know what? Maybe I can't. I don't even want to see it. I'm satisfied for now, but I just need some time to get myself together. The thing is, the man who ran Caledon Local 21 is still out there. More to come soon. Elliot. This is getting, like, sad. Because I feel like instead of it being intriguing, he's starting to find the reality in it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Henry. Once upon a time, there lived a boy named Elliot. Elliot was a clever boy who loved playing with his friends. One day, he watched a lovely television show about a bear and his children friends. The children loved helping each other as good children should, but they also loved the bear. The bear loved the children since the children were so good at helping him and the fallen angel. The children and the bear wanted to play together forever with the help of their angel friend. But the fallen angel needed even more help, so the children had to give the ultimate sacrifice. Because that's what friends do, Elliot. They help each other. Help us, Elliot. Burn with us, Elliot. I want you, Elliot. He wants you, Elliot. Come back to my cellar. Pretty please, with sugar and icing on top. Mr. B. Update. April 5th. That's not okay. Yeah. That's just not okay. Okay. Update April 5th, 2011. I wanted to update more. I truly did. However, certain circumstances had turned me off the whole Caledon Local 21 thing. I since then had hundreds of emails about my blog and was even in contact with a magazine about my story. But now is the time to come clean to everyone. Where have I been for an entire year? The story of Pandora's box is true, and I opened it. 
I opened it when I watched the second tape in the possession of the Bramley Police Branch. The other subject I'd like to address is the number of jokes slash fake emails I've been getting from people claiming to be Mr. Bear. Let's start with the second tape, as that is what traumatized me into stopping my search temporarily. After a few weeks of playing silent, I decided to ask Mitchell Wilson if I could view that infamous second tape he had talked about. I don't know why, I just felt that viewing the tape would give me some closure. Wilson was obviously reluctant to show me, but I was persistent. He gave me an offer. If I was still interested by the time I turned 20, he would show me the tape. Not being able to do much else, I just played the waiting game. By the time my 20th birthday rolled around, I was definitely still interested in viewing the tape. I gave Wilson a call, during which he admitted that he had hoped that I would forget about asking him again, but I was not taking no for an answer. You really don't need to see it, he kept telling me, but I did need to see it. I had to at this point. Sure enough, he invited me to the Bramley branch one Monday afternoon, Having watched every Saw film and a video of Animal Slaughterhouse in my ethics class, I was sure I would be able to handle whatever the tape would throw at me. How naive I was. <sighs> Mr. Bell Bear's Cellar, Episode 31. When Wilson went to collect the tape from evidence, the officer in charge of the evidence room shook his head at me, his face saying, What are you doing? Wilson explained that this tape includes the last known episode of Mr. Bear's Cellar. I rightfully assumed that I would be seeing the fate of the children and began to feel a sense of dread. The episode opened inside a forest, the usual one from the previous episodes. This fact took me a while to realize because it was night. The trees and leaves just looked like shapes dancing around in the darkness. A faint glow of light was present on the right side of the screen. There wasn't any apparent audio. It appeared to be a windy night, yet the trees weren't making any noise. Slowly, the camera began to pan towards the glow, revealing smoke rising from a hole with the tups, tips of flames peeking over the top. Wilson paused at this point. Are you sure you want to see this? He asked me. I insisted on it, even though a voice in my head was telling me not to. The video continued. The cameraman moved towards the hole, showing a pit of fire. This was the hole that I had seen in the previous episode, only this time it was filled with shapes. I could see shapes moving around, fluttering, flailing, some motionless. I knew perfectly well what they were. The camera began to adjust to the light and burning flesh, red, black, a blur of surreal movement and colors. I wish I could forget what I saw, but you can't forget a scene like this. This was not a horror movie. This was reality. Human beings were being killed in a horrifying way, a fate that I could have potentially met. The video suddenly caught, cut to dawn, the camera now positioned farther away from the hole. The fire was out. However, there was still smoke rising up. A figure was up ahead. I recognized it right away. The Mr. Bear suit was laid out on the ground, empty. It looked just as unnerving. The suit was laid out in the shape of a cross. The cameraman did a lap around the suit, treating it like a treasured artifact. Placed at the head of the suit was a sign. In bold red letters, I-N-R-I was printed. The cameraman moved back to the end of the suit, zooming it to the bear's face. The episode finally ended. I was speechless. It was like a dream. You can find a lot of terrible things on the internet, but I had never seen anything like this. Wilson asked if I was okay, and I replied with a shaky yes. 
I assured him as we left that I was fine and that the video gave me some closure over the whole incident. He didn't seem too confident in me, but he left it at that. He was right, though. I had a nightmare for weeks. I gave up. I didn't care about the whole thing anymore. A sick man burned a bunch of kids alive, attracting them with a fake kids TV channel. I could have been one of his victims, yet I'm still here. I suppose I should be grateful, but I feel guilty. Am I still here only by pure luck? Ten months later, I'm back, but now I need to address something else. My email has been flooded with messages. Some people ask for more details. Some ask if I can upload the tapes, and some people email me claiming to be Mr. Bear. First, I cannot get the tapes uploaded as they're A, in police possession and evidence, and B, have no idea how to transfer VHS onto a computer. As for people pretending to be Mr. Bear, if you're not fooling me, when you have dozens of people pretending to be the same person, it doesn't work. I've even seen a fake Caledon Local 21 YouTube channel, which is cute, but still not real. Even more annoying is the fact that someone hacked my account just to put up some demented poem about me on this blog. I'll leave it in the entry above this one just to show you guys. I've contacted my webmaster about the entry and was told that it was posted on Halloween. Ugh, spooky. Attached to the email paintwithb at aol.com, which I assume is another joke email. I'm over episode 31 now. The image of what I saw will stick with me for a while, but I want to do one last hurrah. I will get into contact with Mitchell Wilson again and hopefully get set up with the tapes in the possession of the other Peel Police branches. I'll try to update you guys as soon as I can. I'm sure this won't take so long again. Thank you to everyone who still reads this. Elliot. Uh, it was kind of anticlimactic. Um, I liked the slow burn of like as a listener thinking that um, Mr. Bear is out there and is very aware and he's still acting like he's fine and none of it's real. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that part was definitely interesting. And it definitely felt a little silence of the lamby lambs where it's like, He's toying with him and stuff. Yes. But then we didn't get the whole reveal. Aha, it really is the serial killer that's pranking him kind of thing. Yeah, there was like nothing there. Yeah. Um, so that that was a bit of a, a bummer. But I, I still, I also liked that it kind of like stands out because it's a real world monster instead of something supernatural. Yeah, that part's cool. Yeah. But... We have a few real-world monsters. That's anyway, true. who are the monsters really? Yeah. Definitely humans. Not me, though. I'm adorable. You are adorable. Thank you guys for sticking around and listening to our three-parter. Um, lots of fun, and I'm so glad that you're here. Just a reminder that we do have our Patreon page that launched March 1st, um, so if you want to get on that it's uh patreon.com forward slash nightmare lane podcast um yeah it's really exciting and we have our sticker launch event and we are, are going to give credit to our still patreon supporter marie we love you thank you so much for following us yes thank you so much for being here and that's all we got for today so yeah all right Guys, go out there, be awesome, crush your goals like the absolute legends that you are.
Okay, and remember to stay spooky. For those of you that skipped because of the PSA, um, good for you. Nice job. Mental health is important. Take care of yourself. Know your limits. Here's Exactly. Here is our wrap-up for part three and the bear in the creepy scary basement. Yes. Thanks. Basically, um, the guy in the basement was horrible and was part of some kind of satanic cult and he imprisoned and then eventually offed the kids in a most displeasing manner and then went AWOL and some say he's dead. Others say he lives in the sewer drain and for the most part he is at large and our kid just stops investigating the case because he too needs to support his mental health and he's done with it. And he received some creepy emails that could be coming from the bear in the creepy basement, but he keeps um, blowing them off like jokes. So part of me kind of wonders if maybe he stopped posting because the bear got him. Um, It's possible. And it's not only uh, he thinks that it's people um, hoaxing him. So he thinks that it's, it's internet trolls. And yeah, honestly, like, it could go either way. I don't think he was kidnapped, but I also don't think that it was internet trolls. I do think it was the real guy. Um, and I feel like that the author could have definitely explored that a little bit better, but whatever. I think so too. I think it would have been a really interesting ending, but that's where it ended really. He just kind of left us off with the knowledge that the bear in the creepy basement the dude in the in the costume was still out there wandering and had not been caught and it was an open but cold case and he just stops posting so it was kind of anticlimactic really yeah yeah it was definitely felt anticlimactic anyway that was our story and we will see you next week with our special guest matt st jack on our next episode Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Well, in the meantime, stay spooky. Ooh. Hey, Kevin. Hey, host. How are you? Doing good. Craving some bubble tea. Aren't you always? Yes, but guess what? Um, Have you ever heard of Buy Me a Cup of Coffee? No, what's that? Buy Me a Cup of Coffee is a platform where people who want to support our podcast and our creating can donate $5, 10 or $15. And it's a one-time donation instead of a subscription. And we can put that money towards our podcast or bubble tea. <laughs> I like the idea of listeners who want to support us being able to give us a one-time donation to put things towards our podcast and production because I think that would increase our production value. You know what helps production value? I have a suspicion that you're about to say bubble tea. Bubble tea. Okay. I guess it just depends on how much our listeners love me. You can go to buy me a cup of coffee slash nightmare L6 or... Click on the link below if you guys want to support our production and my addiction. Oh, I have a feeling our listeners absolutely love you. Kevin, 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 Kevin. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I just did something. Do you want to know what it is? 
Do I want to know what it is? You do want to know what it is. Okay, yes. What is it? I made us a Patreon. Mm, Cool. What's that? So Patreon is a platform where our listeners can go and subscribe to our podcast. They can listen ad-free, get bonus content episodes, uh, a quarterly AMA, free stickers when they subscribe, um, and there's a $1 tier where you get shout-outs for giving us support. You'll get your name shouted out in our podcast. And $6 tiers where you get free quarterly stickers pertaining to our podcast. And then a $30 tier where you get merchandise like hoodies and mugs and more stickers. That sounds super cool. I know. I worked really hard on it, and I even hired some artists, so we have some pictures ready with a launch event sticker if people want to subscribe. That is super cool. I have two questions. Yeah. What is an AMA? Ask me anything. It's like a question and answer session where we would be doing a live event for people who subscribe. Um, But basically, you can ask us anything appropriate about our personal lives, our dogs, your husband. Um, whether we believe in ghosts, our personal ghost stories, or what our favorite food is, bubble tea. (laughs) Cool. All right. So my last question, and this one is a very important question. Yeah. Where do I find this Patreon? Super easy. You just go to patreon.com forward slash nightmare lane podcast and we pop up or you can click in the link below. Nice. I want stickers. Hey. We have stickers. All you have to do is subscribe. 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 These are so annoying. Mom's going to hate them.